Welcome to Season 2 of White Shores, the podcast for spiritual beings having a human experience. Let me invite you to walk once more beside me on White Shores to talk about the real meaning of life and being sensitive, intuitive, a mystic in a material world. Let's talk about dreams, rituals, personal transformation, the possibility of an afterlife, angels and other infinite possibilities. Season 1, recorded in 2019, featured interviews with some of the world's leading scientists currently researching consciousness, the existence of the mind separate from the brain. Listen to those mind-opening interviews if you can, because they left clear footprints in the sand for the carefully selected healers, psychics, mediums, authors, artists and experts featured in season two to follow and speak to us from their hearts the place where all love and wisdom begins, and to speak to us in 2020, the year the world turned upside down and spiritual clarity needed as never before. So, now the scene is set, let's walk barefoot on the sand and then pause a while to gaze together at the horizon to see what magic lies beyond the material. Thank you for arriving safely to walk again with me on White Shores. I'm happy you are here. Walking beside us today is an animal whisperer. With life so uncertain right now because of the pandemic, the loving companionship of our animal guardians can be a source of great comfort and healing. In my books, I often say beloved animals and pets are earth angels. As a lifelong vegetarian, animals have a special place in my heart, but I also understand that nature is a food chain, so I don't force my vegetarian beliefs on anyone, including my children. But what I can't abide is cruelty to animals, which sadly is rife. It's like a knife to my heart whenever I hear about it. And it's intriguing, isn't it, that the virus perhaps started with animals, and I'll be discussing this with my special guest. Do stay tuned after our interview as there will be a musical gift for you to dream, meditate or visualise to. Great music unites the creative and logical parts of your brain and can bring feelings of peace and we all need some inner peace right now. As I've said, I love animals. Growing up, my best friend was my cat who lived for nearly 19 years, passing away just before I went to Cambridge as if she knew it was time to let me go, her role as guardian of my childhood over. My childhood was tough. And my cat was my friend, my guardian angel. I still miss her, but I also sense her soul sometimes. And I write about this soul connection in my book called Psychic Cats. Yes, that was the title. And you can understand how it made so many people laugh um, when I was on Russell Brand's under the skin podcast but all cat lovers will know what i'm saying here about this soul this psychic this spirit connection with their cats or indeed any pet today i still own cats two of them actually but i've also fallen in love with dogs and that's so strange because i spent most of my life thinking i was a cat not a dog person but now i realize i'm just an animal person and it was also before i met my soul dog a little daxi called Arnie. Um, He truly lights up my life and is absolutely priceless to me today. 
Indeed, when things don't work out, he just helps put everything in perspective because I imagine if I was offered a choice between him and what I think I want to manifest in my life, he always wins hands down and he's already in my life. I'm so blessed. Dog lovers will understand what I mean here. And if you haven't watched Ricky Gervais's amazing series, Afterlife, please do, as you'll see there how the unconditional love of a dog can be the most healing thing during the grieving process following the loss of a loved one. Animals heal broken hearts. They save lives too. You see, our, the animals in our lives, our pets, give us the greatest validation of all because no matter how terrible we feel or look, they are always so happy to see us. Even if we've been away for five minutes, when you come back, it's like the most exciting thing in the world to them. And that's a wonderful shot to the self-esteem to be loved so unconditionally like that. Of course, we should love ourselves in the same unconditional way our pets love us, but sometimes that isn't easy as we all so always go up and down on the self-esteem scale. So our animal guardians are here to show us the way. And on that note, it's nearly time to talk to an amazing animal whisperer. You're going to love this interview. Stay tuned. If you would like to find out more about my books, warning I'm a serial spiritual writer there are a lot of them my research my media appearances and online talks and events as well as my latest title and opportunities to win free gifts please do visit www.theresachung.com and subscribe to my newsletter if you want to listen to season one you can find it on the podcast page of my website and all episodes of both Season 1 and Season 2 are available on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. Be honoured and grateful if you could leave a review there, as it helps the podcast get wider circulation and spreads the word that spirit is real. Walking beside me today on White Shores is animal whisperer Tina Reed. There is no denying the pandemic is impacting all our lives in a dreadful way but it's also impacting the lives of our animals. Let's talk more about that, and also about the often neglected subject of pet bereavement. Before we begin, Tina is a Reiki practitioner, teacher, writer, animal advocate, and ambassador for the Prayer for the Animals of the World, and she also provides bereavement support to her clients. Tina's Reiki journey started in 2004, and she has trained with a number of different teachers and mentors over the years in both human and animal Reiki and other healing modalities, and continues to do so. After losing her mother following a short illness, she later went on to volunteer in the day centre of a local hospice and work with clients undergoing cancer treatments in her private practice. You just need to listen to that biography and know this is an amazing earth angel, don't you? Um, and I'm so happy that she's decided to to spend some of her precious time here with me today to talk about her work, her life, her mission and her passion for helping the animals of this world. Hello, Tina. Hi, Teresa. Thank you very much for that wonderful introduction. It's all true, isn't it? It's what you've done. You know, it's, I think it's great. I love it with these sensitive people that when you actually do read out what they've done, most of them say, oh, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> and you're no exception. It's just beautiful. And that's why I've invited you on here, because I want people, more people to hear about people like you. Um, I really do. But Tina, the pandemic did, we led to believe began with bats or animals. And can you talk what your feelings are about the spiritual significance of that, given our treatment of animals? 
Um, it, I believe that it was definitely highlighting the cruelty that animals um, are subjected to. And obviously, many of us have felt very concerned about the situation with animal cruelty um, in specific countries. Um, and obviously the wet markets, which so mm. many of us have been campaigning for uh, sending healing to for many, many years. Um, it's something that we really can't comprehend. And this has certainly highlighted it to many more people um, and raised awareness and increased um, the campaign to obviously close them down for good. Mm, mm. I mean, that's our connection, isn't it? Because I mean, I reach out to Tina, actually, knowing who she is, because when I see alarming images of animal cruelty, I'm, I'm one of these people, I just simply can't cope. And I, I remember in the past, Tina, I've reached out to you saying, please help. Yeah, I've seen this image. And I'm, I'm, I just can't, can't bear it. And giving our overwhelming cruelty to animals. I, that was the first thing that kind of struck me when I heard it started from bats. It was almost like, I, I don't believe in karma or whatever, but there was there was something there I felt, and I, I, I'm just loving your your thoughts on that. Um, I honestly believe that these beautiful animals, including the bats, um, are assisting us in our spiritual growth, and that they have obviously been highlighted as being the cause, whether or not not that's actually the truth. I'm not sure. There are lots of different theories about that. Um, but I believe that they they are assisting us on our spiritual journey and they have obviously um, just been part of the whole pandemic. But I don't believe we should have a lot of fear around uh, the specific animals that have, have been highlighted. I, I honestly believe that bats are beautiful creatures. I have them flying around my garden every night um, and feel a strong connection to them. So I, I believe that they have almost... Um, given this amazing sacrifice for us, for, for humanity. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, because we are now kind of, you know, unless you're a key worker where you're on the front lines and sending my prayers to those people, yes. that a lot of us are now forced into this contemplative, spiritual, inward, like what what's, what's really matters about my life, forced in a way, if you believe it starts by the animals, but forced into think about the meaning of your life, what really matters because our externals are all being taken away, aren't we? So we all become monastic, yeah. you know, in a, in a way. And I, I, I found that, you know. But, of course, for sensitive souls like you, probably you do spend a lot of time like that anyway. So you're probably well-equipped to cope with the, the quarantine. Do you feel that? Absolutely. Um, I found, actually, I've been busier with regard to work, but I've also been able to spend a lot more time with my own animals and, and out in nature in between because I'm not having to travel. All my work is um, through distance healing or through um, Zoom appointments with my grief recovery clients. So uh, being able to really connect with nature, uh, meditating outside and being with the animals is such a blessing. And I really hope that many people are actually taking this opportunity to spend time connecting with their own animal families. Yeah, I, I hope so too. Um, what is the impact of social distancing though on animals? I'm trying to think, you know, how they're, they're ha sometimes they have to be forcibly separated from their loved ones. What, what, what is the impact? What have you heard from your clients? Um, well, it's more what I've kind of observed with animals that live live around me. Obviously, we walk with our neighbours and their dogs. And a few times I've found the neighbour's dog at our gate, obviously really missing my dogs and missing 
thing with yeah. us at the weekends. So I think they are they are definitely missing their normal routines. Um, but then a lot more people seem to be out walking their dogs than ever did before. So that's quite interesting that you're seeing people around that you've never seen before on on local walks. That's interesting, you know, that the increased owner time now, because animals are so empathetic, you know, they sense our emotions, they are there as our companions and uh, to help us through difficult times. And then this increased owner time going to be tough on them if we do sort of ease back, isn't it? They've got, now they've got their owners and, you know, and I think hard on the owners too, because their bonds with their animals will go so much closer. I mean, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to leave my dog again. <laughs> no, that's, that's the truth of the matter, isn't it? Um, I believe that they know. I believe that they have a knowing. Um, I've experienced with my own animals um, that they have this greater sense of knowing at the moment. The cats are a great deal more vocal, and I've heard this from friends and from clients as well. Um, obviously the collective energy can be quite heavy at times because there's a lot of fear coming up understandably and cats are very good at breaking up that energy so um, yeah it's almost like they're all stepping forward into these roles um, as spiritual protectors our dogs are very grounding um, they mm. help us on so many levels obviously with their unconditional love and their loyalty but I have a sense that they know that this is a temporary thing it's almost they have this spiritual knowing far greater than than we even do and I feel that I mean I, I have some of my best conversations are with my pets I mean I have both cats and dogs and uh, you can have great <laughs> it's like they know I mean I don't know obviously maybe we're project, projecting but there is this kind of quiet wisdom isn't it about them that um, I, I, they touch my heart in a, in a way that I, I can't put into words, but you know what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And obviously not just cats and dogs, but horses and rabbits and chickens yeah. and, and all of our absolutely. animals. Um, and that's why, you know, it touched me so greatly when, when I was in touch with you a few years ago, you were promoting the prayer for the animals. Are you still doing that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's um, still on my website, a printable version and also a spoken version of it. And what's your thinking about that? Is it for people to just take away and meditate with or to pass on? What, yeah. What's the thinking? To meditate with, um, to pass on. I quite often um, just light a candle and read the prayer out just to bring in positive energy for the animals. So it's just really to uplift and, and send love out to the animals. And interestingly enough, the reason that um, the prayer first came about was because of what we were talking about the wet markets in China that I'd saw no, or a post about really I didn't know that many many years really? ago and it it upset me so much um and I meditated on it and I was told that a prayer needed to come forward be brought forward and um I knew the perfect person as I'd read her global peace prayer Vanessa Edwards and contacted her and she um channeled the prayer so yes a beautiful blessing so yeah that is at tina's website we'll give all details about her at the end so do check that out a prayer for the animals i think that yeah i love it. i love it it's absolutely beautiful i'm saying you'll notice i'm saying the word animals and i had a little um um not incident but with tina she corrected me uh, a few <laughs> a year ago when i was talking about pets a lot and she sort of said that's not a term you're free to use it and I'm not judging you but it's not a term I enjoy um, and a lot of people of course think of their pets as their pets um, can you explain why you don't 
like that term and what term you would prefer animal owners to use? Well, you see, I always call them animal guardians because I... Guardians, so you probably don't like owner either. With mm. guardians. Um, but I don't think, I honestly don't think it actually matters uh, truly because I think the animals realise that pets is a term of endearment. Um, and it is, it's, it's a term of affection for so many people that they call their animals their pets. But I just re- prefer to refer to them as animals because they are such incredible teachers in so many ways. They teach us so much about ourselves. Um, and quite often, they, often they'll mirror um, things that we need to actually look at in ourselves. Uh, they also, also often teach us acceptance, particularly if you share your life with a rescue animal, that can quite often happen that, that they may have issues that actually are going to be with them for life. They can be improved. And through love and understanding and acceptance, um, we can enjoy the best possible lives together. So I, I think they're just such wise beings on so many levels. Animal guardian, I love that term. I also love the way you, you mentioned mirror because I find this quite funny when I go on walks. You know, I was quite late owning a dog. It was only five years ago. I'd always been quite anti-dogs and more of a cat person as the proud author of Psychic Cats. But I love them. I mean, you know, you know you've seen that transformation in me, haven't you? You know, I'm absolutely nuts about my dog but I, what I love what, when I walk along is I see a dog and I kind of know what the owner's going to look like it's just that we choose dogs <laughs> don't you find it's like it's, sometimes it's uncanny the resemblance or am I just sort of imagining that yes no definitely definitely you quite often get people who look yeah like they're animals I mean, literally even the hair is just a something it's like oh my goodness you could not belong to anyone else you know it's a it, it's, it's funny um but now to to sort of like turn it around a bit and and, and a bit more somber tone um pet bereavement that's a huge thing I am not looking forward to that at all um, because they are with us for such a short space of time and I've spoken to people who said they couldn't have a dog again because they couldn't go through that pain again or a, a pet again can you talk about animal bereavement and why it doesn't get the attention it deserves of course um i think for so many people animals are their closest allies the the living beings that they love the most um they never judge us they're loyal they're loving we can say whatever we want in front of them and and for so many people, it is more difficult than losing another person. And I know for a lot of people, that's very... That sounds but it's not. I get it. If you told me that 10 years ago, I would not have agreed. Yeah. But now I do because I've had the experience of owning a dog. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. And there is such an innocence as well about animals. They're just so open-hearted and loving um, generally as well. But I think... It, relationships are all completely unique and um obviously recently i've qualified as an advanced grief recovery specialist oh have you tell um, me about that yes and is that for humans as well as as, as it's for all it is all yes. forms of life absolutely mm-hmm. and something that we talk about is that each relationship is unique and grief should actually never be compared because our experiences are completely different even if we have both lost our mothers we're each going to have had a different experience around that we can empathize um and we can try to understand but we don't truly understand exactly what the other person has been through so i think it's a really really important area because i think people do need help in 
um, going through a recovery process. And that's not to say that after the recovery process, they won't still miss their animal or feel sad, but it just means that they can move on with their life. Mm. Can you give some practical advice for someone who has lost a dog? I mean, I got a, an email a, a week ago and it really struck me and this woman, she said, I've lost my dog and uh, I just feel so depressed. I don't want to go out even. And everything no. was reminding her of him. Yes. And she said, it's silly. I've got three kids. I've got a busy life. I've got my own business. I just feel so low. And uh, it was hard to know what to say. It's not silly at all, though, is it? It's it's totally, totally not silly at all. What what practical advice? What what could I have said to her? Um, well, I obviously now I'm doing the uh, grief recovery method. I mean, that's something that I feel really passionately about because it really does help with completing, completing grief. Because so many people. Um, choose to share their life with another animal when actually they haven't completed on their grief with the their previous animal and so you wouldn't recommend rushing out and buying another one no I really don't think replacing the loss is really no probably not the way to go really need to kind of go through that process um, in order to be in the right place to to have another animal in your life and it's okay it's okay to feel really low isn't it about it and it's not something you know because people feel a bit embarrassed that they're you know people could even cry over the goldfish going you know these these things do affect us of course and I know at the moment we're in the middle of a pandemic and people are so thinking what is this woman talking about you know we've got this massive loss of life but love is love isn't it it is and and Teresa recently I've seen on the rescue um group that I volunteer for one of the rescues I volunteer for that um a number of people have had to have their dogs put down from long-standing conditions or from issues that have come to light during this pandemic. And they haven't been able to be with their dog in those final moments. And, oh. you know, that's going to cause even more grief. And that's absolutely heartbreaking for them. Um, mm. And then on the other side of, of things, the cat rescue that I volunteer for, um, they have had to take cats in because of people passing away. As a result, oh, of, I didn't think about that. Yes, yeah, so, so there's going to be, I mean, there's so much grief already, but there's going to be so much grief after this that that's going to need to be healed in people um, that they're going to need to recover from. But no, none of it is silly. It's all completely understandable, and people certainly shouldn't feel embarrassed on any level because it's completely justified. Love is love. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Who, who should say? It? There's that wonderful saying, isn't it? Your soul's not complete till you've been loved by an animal. Yes, that's it. I yeah. get that now. Again, with life, you have to live, think, live through things often to fully understand them. Yes. They sound nice before, but then when you've lived them, they sound like life. <laughs> and you look in. You actually look into your. I'm sure you do it with um, Arnie. But when I look into um, my dog's or cat's eyes you can see their soul and you sometimes can just feel this incredible overwhelming love just flowing between you it's it kind of takes your breath away when you have a moment like that and it they don't mind what you look like do they they don't mind what mood you're in that it's so lovely isn't it that you every time you come home even if it's you've just been out for five minutes to put the bins out you know they're so excited <laughs> you're back you know and it's so good for your self-esteem isn't it because they see the magic in you 
They do. They see it, don't they? They see this wonderful human being that they want to pour all their love in. They see it. Why can't we see it? <laughs> you know, people struggling with self-esteem, everything. I think it's a huge self-esteem boost when you have a loving relationship with a pet, isn't it? Oh, it definitely is. And like you say, when they just, they, they seem to know, don't they, when to be humorous. Dogs particularly seem to know when to be funny and to make yes. you laugh. When they just, they can just shift your energy in a moment. Yeah, I mean, I've even found it with this podcast because I had a, a very well-known psychic on and uh, I just started to talk to this person and then both my cats came in and started wailing oh. it was really funny because <laughs> it was just such a cliche it was like psychic cats here we go you know it's oh, just fantastic. like but they, and they haven't been you know they haven't done that no at the moment I'm gonna say I have both my dogs here fast asleep Tina oh. so you're not waking them up oh, I'm glad to hear it so if people are hearing heavy breathing, it's not me. It is it is my it is my dog. Now you tell me how many pets you've got. Pets to animal guard you're an animal guardian, you see? I'm 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 trying to learn this. How many animals it do you share your life with? Um not not including your husband. Uh, four cats, four dogs, and five chickens. So can you tell me this is interesting because I'm a two two cat, two dog household. And it's very much an apartheid. They tolerate each other. How does that work with the four cats? Do they, does one, the cats have upstairs and the dogs downstairs? Or is it just like, do they sleep together? How, do, how does that work? The, the cat area is upstairs where the dogs aren't supposed to go. Um, but my... We all say that, don't they? They're not going upstairs and they always do. Just really for the food. That's, that's the, because the food's down some of the time. Okay. Um, yeah. But no, at the... Our blind rescue German Shepherd is best friends with Teddy, one of our cats, and they just adore each other. They fight, but they nuzzle and kiss each other. And and Nelson, the I mean, although he can't see, he never goes near the chickens. He can hear them when they're out in the paddock, and he keeps away from them. And he's very good around the cats. He's very very gentle, even though he's quite a boisterous dog by nature he's very gentle with the other animals even though he can't see them so um yeah they all get on really well honey would love to chase the cats but she never does but she squeals with excitement when they're around um (laughs) yeah everyone gets on really well I think they all they all love each other actually it's really sweet really sweet oh oh that's wonderful for uh, you it's a full-time job that That must be, you know, dog walks. Do you walk them on your own? Because I always feel a bit embarrassed because I've got a very tiny dog and a Labrador. And I usually go out with my husband or my son or my daughter. And there's two of us for one and a quarter dog. And then I see somebody come up, seven dogs, you know. (laughs) How do they do it? So do you walk all four on your own? No, my husband and I walk them every morning really early. Um, And then I walk them in the day. So, Yeah. yeah, no, they're... They're really, they're absolutely lovely. And I love doing my chicken jobs. I never find oh, I it bet I find chickens. it really therapeutic. How many chickens again? Just five chickens. Five. Oh, that's enough. That's enough. Definitely. But really oh, how wonderful. <laughs> I love I love it. It's just animal farm. It's it's beautiful. <laughs> now you, you you do Reiki healing on animals as well as humans? Yeah. And do you, do they come to your house? Do you go do you travel? Of course now you can't, can you? How are you doing? How are you adjusting now? Because a lot of your work I would think would be one on one, client based. How are you adjusting to 
this strange new world we live in with the work you do? Interestingly enough, just um, a month or so before this all happened, I um, decided to do distance healing only. And so my clients had already adjusted to me doing the Reiki sessions distantly which is just as powerful as, as actually being in per, being there in person. You must have sensed this, being an intuitive, because I know you're intuitive. So why were you doing that? You were already putting it in place. Do you know, amazing, a lot of sensitives and intuitives I've talked to, they were kind of like putting this all in place before. Yes. You know, it's like some part of it. I remember you were saying you were doing this. Yeah. Right now, suddenly I remember it was sort of late last year, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. Mm. So um, it hasn't really been any different, but I was still going uh, once every two two to four weeks to the to feline care cat rescue where I volunteer. And so I have to say I am missing seeing the cats there um, because that was a pretty Can you do healing? You can do healing for animals over Skype. Because it's the same, because I've had a lot of questions from, you know, people, can you do mediumship or psychic readings over Skype? Yes, you can. People just, it's a myth, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't... But you have to be one-on-one. I don't generally do it over Skype, but I do the the Reiki quietly in my meditation room, and then I um, usually give feedback by email to my clients. And I quite often find I pick up more when I'm here on my own doing healing with them uh, than Mm. I do when I'm actually with them in person. So it's certainly just as powerful and you feel a very, very strong connection to them. Wow. Now we've, we've been on the topic of what you do and your, your, your healing work. Um, can you give people details about how they can find out about you? And also, if they wanted to volunteer or help animals, what, what they could do? Yes, of course. Um, well, if you'd like to contact me through my website, um, Animal Tranquility. That's double L, everyone. That's where I made the mistake of spelling. It's double L, isn't it? Tranquility. It is, yeah. Sorry, carry on. Or I've got um, a Facebook page, Tina Reed, Animal Tranquility. And there's also Read Like the Book. That's it. Read Like the Book. Yeah. And there's also links to my um, grief recovery work as well. But I'm going to be doing some, some videos on that as well. Um, oh, I hope so. Let me know. I'll share them. Well, thank um, you. Um, and, and if people people are grieving uh, the loss of a pet and or wanting to help, can they message you? Do yeah, you answer of messages? Course. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. And there's the email addresses on the website as well, but it's tinareed at ymail.com. Ymail. Do, do please, if you have any questions about animals, animal healing, you want to help, um, you are a sensitive soul who feels great empathy with animals do reach out to tina because she's the person she's an animal whisperer she's dedicated her life to this she writes about it she's written features for magazines she has a client list where she offers healing to both animals and humans but the main thrust of her work and i feel her heart is 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 leaning towards the animals although it's interesting now that you're going to humans as well yeah i think i think it's important to work with animals uh, with with people and animals I, I absolutely love people as well as loving animals. I know a lot of people say, oh, we prefer animals, but I think there are so many amazing people in this world, and particularly people who are animal guardians and animal lovers. Um, yeah, So, it's, especially it's, right now, we're seeing these amazing people, aren't we, on the front lines? It's just incredible, isn't it? Sorry, and you asked me about um, volunteering as well. Yes, please. Um, yes. And at the moment, I think so many rescues really are in need of, of support in terms of food, 
and uh, volunteers obviously when we come out of come out of this as well so just look for your local rescue and drop them an email or probably best to drop them an email because I suspect things will be quite busy after all of this is is over um, and when we go back to how things yeah it's simple as dropping off some pet food or something yeah. you know they, they can deal with it or if you are a bit confused by all this and you're not quite sure and it's a strange new world for you do uh, email or message Tina and she'll point you in the right direction because she's clued up she knows she, this is her life you know and often it's it's what it's you know she, she'll know the shortcuts she'll know the best way so if you don't want to waste time you know if, if Tina's not too busy obviously you can't expect her to reply straight away because she's busy <laughs> but you know and she will in time I know what she's like she will you know anyone who loves animals she's there of right course. so reach out to her talk to her and say what well, I want to help whatever and you know you, you've got an earth angel as I introduced her in the beginning I, I mean I truly hope this pandemic in a way is start of a reset to for our relationship with animals which I think has been so complicated and a bit traumatic well not that's an understatement I hope it's a kind of a, a reset and I love the fact that you know people are actually I read that people are actually going out and buying puppies because they want to walk the dogs and to, to, to have the company. Um, I, I found, can find that very interesting. Yeah. Let's, I just, um, I hope very much hope that that's been thought through and, and that obviously I'm sure it will, it will change people's lives so that they will change their routines and, and change the way that they look at the animals and, and look at their lives. After. And I can vouch for that. If you, you have, um, not owned an animal before or being an animal guardian as Tina Tina calls it they do have this habit of changing your life so if you're looking for you're feeling there's something missing in your life there probably is it's the love of an animal remember that wonderful saying your soul's not complete until you've been loved by an animal and I say being loved by an animal not you loving them them loving you that's the real (laughs) you know um you know that's earning their love as well you do have to earn their love don't you I know they say animals love unconditionally but you've got to treat them right. Yeah, of course. And their trust, definitely. They they can just open our hearts. And there are so many rescue animals who are looking for home as well. So, yeah. They sense, don't they? They do sense. As as, as I think you told me, they're just natural empaths, aren't they? They are, absolutely. And they sense the people who love them and sense the people who need them as well. Or unless they're like cats who deliberately go to the people who don't like cats <laughs> just to show their power. <laughs> I always found that my cats in um, Reiki classes yeah. were amazing in going to the people who needed reassurance. or And even if they weren't cat people, they would go and sit on their knees, but they would always bring them comfort. Yeah, of course. Well, of course, this goes on to the topic of, you know, healing animals, you know, pre-virus, they go into hospitals, don't they? You have, you know, professional working cats and dogs who go in to cuddle cancer patients. And, you know, even in prisons, they've seen huge interest in in changing the mood of the prisoners when they're given a dog to look after and in children's ward when they bring a cat in who loves being cuddled. Yeah, it's healing. Definitely. Yeah, they bring so much love and healing. They there, there are lots of animals that are working undercover, but like you say, the pass animals just do incredible work going around to hospitals and different places and, and these amazing programs in, in prisons and all mm, sorts of places, mm. definitely. Oh, undercover angels. I like that. And that's exactly what you are, Tina. Thank you so much for this beautiful uh, talk we've had today. I, I, I 
I can feel, I, I, I'm sure people listening will feel your love for animals coming through and um, know where your heart is. So thank you so much. And before we go, I'm just going to terrorize you with a question that I do for all my guests about, you know, playing into my love for Lord of the Rings, knowing that my guests do not share my love and that they won't be able to know the answer. So this is the question you shall not pass. Okay. Um, what is the name of Gandalf's horse in Lord of the Rings? And it's fine to say I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. Brilliant. I'm and because of that, you... Being an intuitive, sensitive soul, I'm glad you had no idea because you sensed that there was a reason I asked this because anyone who does know the answer, please email me at angeltalk710 at aol.com and I'll send you a free dream interpretation or birthday profile or answer a question. So actually you not answering has been kind of enabled someone to have a free gift. So it's the best thing you could have done. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> <laughs> you can find out the name after. <laughs> I'm going to Google it straight away now. Uh, but thank you from my heart for for this interview, and keep please doing all the healing you're doing. And everybody, go and check out Tina and download that prayer for the animals. Animals need our prayers, and they do. you know they give us so much. Absolutely. Literally, they give us all of their lives, and that's literally. And um, the least we can do is send them healing love now because they are suffering too as the whole human race is suffering. Thank you, Tina. Yeah. Thank you so much, Teresa. And before this episode closes, with a musical gift for you to close your eyes and visualise the pure love, wonder, beauty of White Shores, I want to thank you all from my heart for being present and for being you. Keep being amazing spiritual you. The world needs your compassionate light more than ever. Thank you also to Clan Re for the opening theme track. And if you have any questions, stories or insights you want to share with me, you can always connect to me via my Teresa Chung author pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube, as well as www.teresachung.com and my trusty angeltalk710 at aol.com email. I aim to reply to everyone, but bear with me if things get busy. And now it's time, the language that the angels speak, music takes centre stage. If you want to know the title of the piece, which is played by or selected by my son and Royal College of Music scholar Robert, because it resonates powerfully with the theme of this specific episode, you can find the title in the show notes. Sending you my love and gratitude. <laughs>